Now doing the snapping. Here's the boot again. And Redmond is there to block. Throwback. Fields has Jesse James. Backpedals in. Fields with a touchdown. And the Bears take the lead. Minus three. With Dave Damashek. Yes, welcome to prime time for overreacting to pro football deeds that aren't actually pro football deeds. It's just preseason, everybody. How many times do I got to tell you? Either way, hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3, presented as always by FanDuel. Make sure you're betting along with your pals here on Minus 3. Go to FanDuel.com slash Minus 3. It's the word minus the number three. That's how you do it. Upcoming, this is going to be a good one. We have two of our all-time favorites ready to get in your ears and your hearts. Handsome Hank Hodgson, our resident Miami Dolphins fan, and, of course, the voice of the Los Angeles Chargers and the finest radio show in all the land, Petros and Money. Matt Money-Smith both joining us in just a few seconds here. Eddie Spaghetti, in the meantime, he's ready. It's Tuesday. He is the home run whisperer, not just here, but across the gambling world he very rarely misses when he tells you who's going to hit a tuesday dinger on the FanDuel special he hits it all the time he's a home run hitter of sorts himself so he'll have that for you in just a second meantime spaghetti much to kibitz about here we are just learning breaking news that chase claypool went down in steelers practice a bum ankle maybe a knee we don't know we await word on that this is what happens in august you can't really make hard and fast decisions about what your favorite pro football team is going to do until you see who survives august injuries are part of the game the trick is don't let the wrong guys get hurt or the whole thing can implode like a a bad game of jenga Eddie Spaghetti, we'll see what happens there. Let me know if you if you see anything as we go along here. But in the meantime, uh, college football has its preseason poll out. This is one of my least favorite things that happens perennially. How say you? What do you what do you think about preseason polls, Spaghetti? I mean, just this one off the top of my head. The only thing that was really a shock was Oklahoma getting the two slot over uh, Clemson. I just figured they would have put Clemson at two, Oklahoma uh, at three. But really, outside of that is what we expected. You expect Georgia to be there. You expect Ohio State to be there. Obviously, Alabama uh, will be at one probably for the reign of our lifetimes here. So not too much of a surprise, but it's just the usual suspects. Okay, but are you going to go, are you going to take the field or are you going to take one of those top four teams right now to win the national title? Uh, I won't take one of the top four because I want to take the number five team. The team that I'm kind of going heavy on is the Georgia Bulldogs and they're ranked number five. I like right that now. one a lot. Yeah, the, I like that one a lot. They return eight I starters. Like- JT Daniels. I mean, they, they're on, on offense. Like they're, they're going to be a good, and you know, reversely Alabama not returning at nearly as many on offense. Uh, obviously everyone's, you know, hyped up about Bryce Young, but I'm telling you Georgia, they don't have Alabama on the regular season schedule. I like Georgia to, uh, to really to clean up. And I know they have a really, really tough test week one, but they're getting good. Well, that's good what I wanted to say. Well, I, I wanted to talk at least a little bit of college football here because, uh, you know, it's really creeping up on us here. We have almost still a month, which is a little bit of a bummer for uh, for NFL's kickoff. But college football is going to be here on August 28th, Spaghetti. At the time of this recording, that's 11 mere days away. Now, Nebraska at Illinois, not juicy if it's uh, if the leaves are turning and it's late October, but... I'm going to watch that game for sure. Hawaii at UCLA on the same day is a, is a fun one. Boise State and UCF ain't too bad. But, you know, once 
uh, August gives way to September. Some real good ones. Ohio State starts its season with a conference game against Minnesota. I don't like that. We don't need that. We don't need great games to kick the season off. I say that about the NFL every year. I really would be resentful if I were Ohio State. To have, I mean, that's an important game, obviously, in uh, in the Big Ten race. I don't like getting out of the gate with a impactful game like that. But you mentioned. About as juicy and the same goes for Penn State and Wisconsin having to play and Michigan State and Northwestern. I don't know what happened with the Big Ten that they've decided to get the ball rolling right out of the gate instead of whether it's a cupcake or a heavyweight out of conference one way or the other. I'm not belly aching about a good game or playing a good team. I just don't like having a conference game that early. It carries. Uh, And on the other side of things. You have, once again, the preseason favorite, Alabama. I don't like preseason polls because part of the human condition is to self-validate. So if Alabama barely gets past Miami or shame the devil even loses that game outright, they're still going to be in the top three or four. They're not going to suddenly fall out of the top 25. But of course... If we're measuring what we see on the field, then they rightly should be out of the top 25 until they work their way back into it. But the preconceived notion that we know they're a powerhouse requires that, especially if you voted them number one in the preseason poll, that you're not going to drop them too far because it's not just egg on their face and Nick Saban's face. It's egg on your face if they're not if they don't wind up in the top five. So, of course, you're incented for your own credibility to keep Alabama in there if you voted for them before you saw any. Anything. you know what i'm saying right oh yeah absolutely i mean it makes no sense to to count them out i mean they're they're the team that's gonna be they've been around this way for the last it feels like what 15 years or so and it's not gonna really change anytime soon their recruiting is, is insane they just constantly reload and they're always in the conversation no matter what no matter who they lose no matter how many first round picks they give up they're always gonna be in the conversation there's a reason why they've only lost two games uh one time in the last uh, five seasons well, and, you know, Kirk Herbstreet, I just saw make a great point uh, a couple days ago that, you know, I've I've pushed back. I wish we could just keep it at a final four would be fine by me or we could just go back to the 20th century version and uh, and just settle all hash on New Year's Day. It almost always worked out about as effectively as the BCS era and the final four has. There's still questions after the fact, just like it was back in the olden days. But. Georgia at Clemson, you mentioned that one. The Tigers laying three and a half at home for Georgia. And I'm tempted to say, I really like what you're talking about. The against all odds fellows talked about it a couple weeks ago too. I think Georgia is a great play here. Anybody who isn't named Alabama to win the SEC, you're going to get favorable odds on, on that. But I think that's a real tough spot for any team to roll into Death Valley and beat Clemson on their home field to start your season off. I think if Clemson does win that game, then Georgia's odds are going to get even longer to win the SEC. People will hold that against them, and uh, I think that might be the sweet spot to bet Georgia to win the SEC, uh, to, to take the SEC. You agree with that logic? Yeah, I mean, well, this game is in Charlotte, the Bank of America Stadium, so not exactly a home game for for oh. Clemson. Um, but what I, I The way I look at it is... is Clemson's going there with, you know, with their new quarterback with DJ Uagalele, or I'll get his name right eventually. And his only game he really played 
uh, with a big pressure on him was the Notre Dame game where Clemson lost. So him now having a huge game versus a potential title contender in Georgia in week one is tough. Whereas JT Daniels has kind of been there, done that. Uh, obviously started his career at USC, a top recruit, transferred over to Georgia. Um, they're used to this. Like I said, they're, they're returning eight starters on offense. Really, the sad part about this is, let's just say even Georgia loses a close game to Clemson week one. We all know that how this kind of works with the committee is like you forget the early season losses. Like we're not gonna Georgia's not gonna lose to UAB or Vanderbilt or Kentucky or you know Tennessee Charleston stuff like they're not gonna lose those games they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way so if they lose this one and run the table I think they're gonna be in the final four I do think Georgia covers I do like a Georgia win in this game uh, Clemson did lose a lot you know, their defense is strong will always be strong with Brett Venables as defensive coordinator but losing the firepower they did on offense obviously with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne taking a little bit of a step back. They're going to have to rely heavily on DJ, but I just think as a team right now, Georgia is probably more complete. So I like them winning in week one. Well, like I said, with Kirk Herbstreet's uh, point, it's it's just that the, it's going to be as it stands now. Um, and, and, and to you, to your um, insinuated point, too, it's going to be if you don't make it eight teams or 10 or 12 teams or whatever, if you don't expand the playoff, we're just going to basically see the same three or four teams in the final four every single year. And it's funny that we've just sort of accepted that reality because it wasn't that long ago, whether it was Alabama or otherwise, where you would talk about like, oh, they're, they're Heisman winning uh, guy, they're, they're star player. He moved on. Who's going to replace him? We already know that there are a handful of teams that already have that are three or four deep on the depth chart it's just a matter of getting a little bit of experience and that's why Clemson is that's why this is such a fascinating game now because you have two guys who've gotten some reps a year ago with Daniels and DJU can we just call him DJU is that all right yeah it works for me a lot easier all right let's go with that um but I'm looking for George's win total here well, I will, I will add, too, with Clemson, not to poo-poo them. Obviously, they return a lot of really, really great starters, too. And if they do lose this game uh, to to Georgia in week one, their schedule is relatively easy. The ACC, no, no Notre Dame this year, no regular season game uh, versus North Carolina. So it is a little bit easier as well. But I still like a, a Georgia you know, victory uh, in this matchup in Charlotte. So they're traveling a little bit from their campus in South Carolina to, to Charlotte, North Carolina. But I think it's going to be a great one. I love it. And another week one matchup I like, too, you mentioned quickly, was uh, Nebraska. I believe they're laying uh, six and a half or a touchdown right now uh, versus Illinois. Their schedule gets really, really tough starting in week four. So they, And they have two cupcake games, basically, weeks two and weeks three. So they need to win this this game in week one for them, although it's a week zero game. But Scott Frost, about a guy that has pressure on him, you know, the, the coach, uh, he was like, you know, the, the, the prince who was promised coming over there from UCF and going to Nebraska. He needs to really win and kind of get a, their foothold now in um, in the in the Big Ten. So I think you need to see a, a Nebraska win. I like them to win this game uh, by, by at least two touchdowns at Illinois because they need to make a real statement win here. Oh, that's a strong one to go in on. Who knows? A lot of pressure. It's a big program. A lot of of pressure on Scott Frost. I know, but that's, you know, it is funny with like Texas as a, for instance, going uh, to the SEC because they fancy themselves a heavyweight program and in terms of money they are. But there are... Dallas Cowboys fans are kind of like this. It's like you guys know you haven't won a Super Bowl in a quarter century, right? Nobody is scared of you as you as you seem to think you are. But no place is bigger uh, for for these uh, 
these fan bases with an inflated sense of worth and intimidation and and the rest of the country goes like huh you haven't been good in, in three decades texas is a real good example of that um but georgia always relevant and um can't break through because bama has been in their way but to win the SEC, if you like that as a play, plus 190 is uh, is where you'll get them now. And I also like them over 10 and a half wins. That's, it'll be fairly close because if you assume that, but if you do buy them getting to the, uh, to the SEC title game, that's an extra game for you. So even if you're assuming a loss to Clemson, they'll still have a chance to, to make you look smart by the end of the season there. Add the, that to some of our other season win totals. Will Brinson told us, go over NC State with uh, six and a half. I agree with that one. Call me a homer if you want, but I am certain Pitt's going to go over seven wins with their uh, with their 17th year quarterback at the helm there. Bet them to go over seven. Indiana Hoosiers making the top 25. I don't like it. I, don't, I told you why I don't like preseason polls in general. I don't like the pressure on the Hoosiers, although they are the rising force in uh, in the Midwest of uh, of football America. Seven and a half. I don't know. It makes me too nervous. I don't know what Michael Penix, their borderline uh, Heisman candidate, coming back from a knee injury, what he's going to be. And of course, um, what he's able to do will go a long way to uh, determining what the Indiana Hoosiers final record is there. So, all right, a little bit of college football. I love it. Spaghetti. It's so close. We're doing the right thing by talking about, it seems silly to be discussing week one lines until you realize we're inside of a fortnight of kickoff of college football. Can't wait. Oh, it's going to be juicy. And speaking of can't wait, Matt Money Smith, handsome Hank on the other side of Eddie Spaghetti, Making his big pick. Yeah, yes, it's time. It's Tuesday. We can't wait. Another moment here. FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free. New users get up to $1,000 back in site credit if your bet if your first bet doesn't win, but it only gets better from there because as I mentioned, FanDuel's promo every Tuesday is $5 dinger Tuesdays. You place a $25 plus wager on any player to hit a home run on Tuesday and you get a $5 bonus in site credit back for every home run hit in the game. Make sure you're using the FanDuel Sportsbook for reasons exactly like what I just described to you. Fun bets like this, same game parlays and otherwise fast payouts, easy to use app, comprehensive. And of course, like I say, if you're going to do it, go all the way. FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus number three. All that being said, Eddie Spaghetti, it's your time to shine. You shined or shoned, shone, shined. You shined a week ago. And you have for the last couple of months here providing people with money-making home run sluggers. The floor is yours. Yep, I did have a, uh, a pretty good week last week, a really good week in baseball. It was the, probably the first time in my life I've ever said that, where we enjoyed a week of baseball. I love the uh, the game in Iowa. It was a lot of fun watching that. Uh, hit a bunch of picks in that game and got my Rays home run pick right. So uh, for those who listen to extra points, I did give out Rafael Devers on that. I'm going to stick with him. Like, my reasoning stays the same. It's a Yank Sox game. Game two of doubleheader, Luis Gill pitching, a young pitcher who uh, has not even faced the Red Sox yet. Going for the Yankees, uh, Nathan Navali going for the Red Sox. Uh, I like Devers, their cleanup hitter. Gill's a young pitcher, a new pitcher. 
He, you know, they're human. They feel the pressure on them. Uh, you know, with versus the Red Sox, it's a rivalry game. It's a playoff hunt, wild card game. I like Devers going yard. And if I want to give a bonus pick out, Aaron Judge is batting nearly 400 versus Valdi. It does have a home run off him. Uh, it's not really going on a limb picking Aaron Judge, number 99, to hit a home run. But I will say that he will hit one as well. It's a little bonus for the minus three listeners. But the one I'm sticking with is I gave out an EP, Rafael Devers, to hit a home run. But uh, hopefully my Yankees win uh, both games uh, on this doubleheader. God, you're the gift that keeps on giving, Spaghetti. Don't take the gift away from us. We got to talk about your diet. We got to talk about pro football. We got to talk about all of it. Here they come, everybody. Ooh, breaking news. The report from uh, our guy Garofolo, Chase Claypool did not suffer a significant injury in practice today. Major sigh relief for Pittsburgh. We don't know what the diagnosis fully is, but it doesn't sound like it's a devastating injury. So that's a, that's a load off. And now let's have some fun with our pals, Matt Money-Smith and Handsome Hank Hodgson. Here we go. Now, we couldn't kick off the pro football season without a visit from two of our very favorites from way back. Some call it a reunion. I don't live life in the rearview mirror. I'm looking ahead, and who better to get us right for the upcoming pro football action Two of our all-time favorite fellas. One, the voice of your Los Angeles Chargers destined to finish their season in their home stadium against the Los Angeles Rams. The voice of those Chargers. It's Matt Money Smith. What's the poop, fella? Oh, good to see you again there, uh, Spaghetti and Dave and Hank. And as you said, we don't look in the rearview mirror. We are just uh, thankful and blessed that the four of us can continue to get together on these special occasions and uh, deliver quality content for all of those who are thirsty for such ridiculousness that's about to transpire over the next 60 minutes. I'm excited. Not a reunion money, a pre-union. That's kind of, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's, um, but also living life in the rear view mirror, you look like an in his prime Laird Hamilton Matt Money Smith, boy. I think um, I think he's Sweet older. Than Jesus, me. how much um, sun can you get? Can one person yeah. get? Is there any left for too anyone much. else to get a tan with? <laughs> yeah. Too much this weekend. I know. I made the uh, I made I made the mistake of pretty much being out in the sun from about eight a.m. on Sunday until about four p.m. for uh, various beach activities and just failed miserably when it came to the sunscreen test. And it uh, yes, it's upsetting. I look ridiculous. You're a company man, after all. You have to yeah. embrace what the Chargers are all about. That's why, uh, you know, the, the, right. they, they embrace the the SoCal roots, and so, too, does Chicago's own Matt Money Smith. Also, he's from a different coast of sorts, all the way across the Atlantic mm. Ocean. He still serves as our number one Miami Dolphins fan on this podcast and really across the big blue marble. Here he is from the U.K., and then he spent some time in Kentucky, and uh, now he he makes his home in Los Angeles. It's Handsome Hank. How are you, Handsome? I am very well indeed, David. So wonderful to be back with you, with money, with with Big Eddie. Um, it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting to be here. <laughs> well Why is done. that funny? Well Why is done. That funny. Big Eddie. Yeah, I like that's. I don't know where to begin because we we haven't kibitzed uh, into microphones at least for at least a couple of months here. Um, we did have the opportunity, the four of us, to to break bread and and that have a couple wonderful. of belts. Oh, that was yeah, wonderful. that was great. That was got to get that back on the board. There wasn't there wasn't it. there wasn't a lot of bread left after Eddie had 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 his fill, but yes. but there was still you know, we had some. Uh, one, one bite at a time, Hank. One <laughs> yeah, one one bite at a time. Bite, bite. at a time. 
Yeah. Uh, Eddie was An our entire hey, slice of pizza. Dance, monkey. Go on, monkey. Dance. Okay, I'll dance. Here it goes. <laughs> I mean, entire I, pieces I of my pizza kids, stuff. I told my kids what happened, and then and they didn't believe that a human could fit a slice of pizza into their mouth in one go. But I showed them, and they were horrified. They yeah. were. They started being excited about it, and then they were like, "Oh, oh no." Um, it's like one of those big fat bears uh, perched in the river when they grab the salmon and they just stuff it into their maw. Exactly. It was reminiscent yeah, from of that. Salmon is healthy. Um, where, you know, if a bear ate an entire slice of pizza, you'd be kind of disgusted by it. Did you hear, by the way, that this is now transcended mere mockery? You know, and by the way, we're not enablers. And I've said that to Eddie Spaghetti and I say it again now. We we speak the unvarnished truth. Why? because we care about our friend who is slowly but surely eating himself to death. Now that is, yeah, I'm a novice. I don't know about, uh, you know, what makes for, for supreme physical conditioning, but Eddie Spaghetti's doctor just a couple of days ago, Eddie Spaghetti went in there. Eddie Spaghetti, tell the fellas what went down. Please, please. Interesting. So I haven't been to the doctor since pre-COVID. Um, so I started to go for a meeting with him and I showed up and the first thing he said, like right off the bat was like, oh, like I haven't seen, you haven't seen me through COVID-19, but he's like, it looks like he gained 19. He's, uh, so he's- 19, 190 right more like, I mean, did he do the same thing as when, <laughs> no, when Money and I walked in, when Money and I walked into uh, to that restaurant where we met, and both of our jaws dropped as low as, as yours does when you see a slice of pizza. Yeah. Um, to, to look at that, like Eddie, there, oh. there were like two of Eddie. Let me address two things. First of all, that slice of pizza was not that, not big of a slice. Any, any regular size, even small and me human could eat that. one. That's time. not true. No, it was, a that is, that slice. is not true, Eddie. And then number two is like, well, that's that. First of all, that's, that's one issue and we can debate that. But the, the next layer of that is how many other human beings would be willing to put on a show like that Fair with point, others Dave. looking exactly. at them, you know, with cameras rolling on them? Now it's safe for all of time. Continues. That was like that. the only thing I ate that day, too. But that meeting caused me <laughs> so many issues for two reasons. One, it's like because obviously you guys saw me like, oh, my God, how big Eddie is. It's all Dave talked about to everyone at extra points for like the next month. So going into our, our Sal's birthday in Vegas, everyone was like, well, let's see how big Eddie really You're is. You're welcome. And then the other thing of that was there was a coworker's birthday who I did not know was his birthday. And I had a, because I thought we were supposed to record because Dave did not include me in the group text. So that got me a lot of flack. So that meeting ended up being, that's a, that was a big event uh, of my life this year. But anyway, back to the doctor's appointment. Please, please so to I the went doctor. There, <laughs> he basically was just like, you, he's like, he's like, everything about your body stinks. He was like, you haven't been taking your thyroid medicine. He was like, you, you probably have high blood pressure, so you'll need to go on medication sooner rather than later. Um, your cholesterol's a bit high. He's like, stay off like fried foods and cheese. And stuff. I'm like, I don't even What's eat What's left? I'm like, I'm like, I really don't even eat that. I, I don't, I mean, he's like, don't eat red meat frequently. I'm like, how much is frequent? I'm like, I mean, Maybe once a week is like that's pretty frequent. So I was like, what do people eat? Just vegetables for dinner? What are you eating? If you don't eat fried food and you eat red meat once a week, what in How God's did you get name this are you eating, Eddie, <laughs> that you gained probably somewhere between 40 and 50 pounds in the last year? No, it wasn't 40. It was in all seriousness, it was probably closer to 25. Um, okay. But it was like 25 not, pounds. Yeah. But the. <laughs> I so eat, what are I, you I eat eating? Really clean. You know, egg whites for breakfast, uh, banana, almond butter, protein shake at the gym. It is, are you it really sure? Maybe you, 
Maybe you have like a sleepwalking issue and, and at night you, you, you wake up or you don't wake up and you walk to the fridge and you eat everything. Have you noticed no, a lot of food going missing at I'm, times when I'm, you can't, can't figure out who ate it? I'm not a snacker and I don't control who buys the groceries. Okay. In the then, then the next, if that's, if that's, if you are telling the truth, Eddie, <laughs> it is. and that is in fact the case and it is egg whites my and almond butter and fruit, <laughs> are, are you consuming an incredible amount of booze? Mm-hmm. And no, milkshakes. No, not anymore. No, I mean, what's an incredible no, uh, milkshakes? Once what's milkshakes incredible with booze poured into them. <laughs> like, Some beer or wine once or twice a week. Mate, that maybe once or twice a week. That's that's it. What? It's really because of my thyroid. Eddie, we're my, not the doctor. You don't have to lie to us. My, yeah, I mean, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. My thyroid. You have a glass of wine a week. We know. Put that aside. No one else is listening to this. Just tell us what's the what the truth is. The truth is, I stopped taking my thyroid medicine. I my body does not. My, I have, like, no metabolism, and if I don't take it, it doesn't create it to burn off food. I stopped taking it during, during the course of the pandemic. Uh, I thought I wanted to do it naturally just by taking, like, vitamin uh. B and stuff like that. It wasn't – it's supposed to make me feel more energized, and I was, like, right. sluggish anyway. So I hey, guess what, Eddie? Coffee. That didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> I think really – I think, spoiler alert, I hate to jump to the end of this novel, but I think, um, you know, we better devote the rest of our time today to – Saying our farewells to our friend. Right. Yeah. Another right. another good thing. My doctor. <laughs> I'm not ready was, for that uh, yet. He was like, he's like, yeah, you don't have to take it. He's like, but then you'll just gain weight and your heart will give out. Like he said, a dead. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. He was uh, he was laying into me. I don't know. I was. I, I don't want to be the guy that has to take rely on medication. But he was like, seventy percent of the people in the world have a thyroid issue. He was like, it, it it creates it for you. He's like, this is more natural than you taking extra vitamins that your body does not create. And I was like, that's a fair point. So I am back on the thyroid medicine. It'll work itself out. The diet's all cleaned up. I'm gonna add in a little bit extra cardio, and I'll be as good as new. Uh, you know, uh, but, but let's go like spaghetti. If it meant point of NFL season, I'll be a you. If, if it meant that you could serve as the inspiration for the New York Football Giants winning a championship, and they stand in early February in SoFi Stadium, and they're like, "Hey, we dedicate this one to the memory of one of our biggest fans, Big Eddie Spaghetti." Oh yeah. Would that, would, would is that a trade you'd be you willing like, to make a like, sacrifice? Like you wouldn't know it happened, obviously. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, you it's would know before happen. you check out, though. Oh, yeah, you would know. You'd right. be able to celebrate. That could be one of the last things you do is really go on a big old bender to celebrate a, a championship for the Giants that's going to happen in the future. <laughs> but you'd have to do it by yourself because no one else knows that, that it's happening. Money knows people. He might even be able to sprinkle some of your ashes on the Super Bowl gridiron. I think so, Ooh, yeah. I thing. might be able to pull that off, Eddie. If you're in, yeah. you know, it's just, it's your call. Totally up to you. I, I Maybe when, when, yes. when the, instead of the confetti, which is my favorite word, the confetti that comes down, they could, that, your ashes could be spread across the Ooh. field that way at the end of the Super Bowl. It's like, what's raining down? Oh, that, can you imagine how much, how much, how much ashes that would be? <laughs> It'll be like when I like dump that confetti on Dave in the in the podcast studio. It'll be like that. Jordan the and LeBron, field. they they both like that powder to throw it up before the game and everything. What if Danny Dimes did that with your ashes in a more solemn thing? Yeah, like they, this they one, would have you know, to build a, a new stadium in Englewood. Yeah. Uh, too many ashes, but I it would I, fill I, it I out to the yes. to the third level. <laughs> the only reason why I'm saying no is because I have been pretty bullish in the Giants, and this is the first time I'm excited in oh, quite good. some time. Uh, and I cannot wait till they're That's good. super interesting, Eddie. And Can I ask I'm, one more thing before we move on? It's a really mother <laughs> F. I want to ask one more thing, if I may. And then, and then, this is there you. I just want to say for the record, yes. I'm with Spaghetti. This is definitely yes. there. This is it. Okay. Yeah. 
I just quickly have a, and this can just be yes or no, no excuses, Eddie. I just want to know yes or no. One, are you still working out with the weighted vest? No, I threw it out. Okay. <laughs> Two. Two. <laughs> I threw it out during the move. It was so raggedy. It was gross. Two, are you still working out with the kettlebells? He gave it to the Taliban. They took they they took his that equipment from. Are you still working out with the kettlebells? I have them, but I have uh, I'm I belong to the LA Fitness is one close by, and there's a uh, gym in my uh, apartment complex, so I don't need to worry about the in home workouts. Okay. Way. That's all. That's all. I I remember those two purchases and I wanted to see how they were holding up because you were awfully excited on one of our pods when you said, I just got this weighted vest. I just got these kettlebells. Let's go. Uh, Bad, bad news. I, LA Fitness just called. They, they'd rather you never mention their (laughs) name. That's just not the kind of ad that they're looking for. Hey, much to talk about, fellas. Uh, I hope everybody had a grand summer. Clearly, money spent it largely out on his <laughs> surfboard. I did. Did you? I, I, I'd be interested, but we have so much to get to. I would love to hear about uh, your thoughts on that 100-foot wave it's documentary. Great. Oh, that was great. I love it. It's a wonderful it, show. Yeah, it, it is. It really is. It is great. It's. Um, I can you know remember probably about three years ago was the first time I, I heard about Nazarene. Um, and just blew. Oh, you were aware of this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. And just, uh, blew, well, there's, there's a website called Surfline that has cams all around the world. And if waves are breaking, like right now, Chopu is just exploding in massive waves right now. And they'll have in the corner of the website cam of the moment. Um, so you can click on all these different cams around the world, watching these waves. And whenever Nazare is, is going off, it would always be the cam of the moment. You would just click it. And it's just insane. Um, to watch what these people are willing to, uh, you know, take on. So, yes, I'm it's cuckoo stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it is crazy. And the thing that I never really get, it's sort of like the guy who drives the the scooter thing, whatever it's the called. What ski. is that thing called? The not jet ski. ski, not a scooter, the water scooter, whatever it's called. <laughs> that guy, I'm glad that he gets his moment of celebration, too, that they're like, that's a hard gig, too. Why don't the guys who hold the kick on place kicks get the same sort of shine. Mm. I don't understand. Like no, that's a much more pressure packed position. Yeah. I'll t- so, so is the snapper guy, but he got exposed in that giants 49ers playoff game forever ago. People came to appreciate it still though. Even Romo's fumble in the playoffs hasn't brought like, yeah, there's only one way this can go that you would ever get attention is if you screw it up. But that's hard. You got to catch it and put it right down and turn the lace. And also, just these, so it's mostly punters these days that are doing it, and those guys are not necessarily ones that you would say like, right, let's go, let's go get like the best guy, the best hands on the team out there. That'll be our punter. You'd want someone you'd think that would be, you know, you're gonna, is going to catch it every single time. I would tell you, I, um, you would win. You would win one extra game a year. If you were, I, I understand for real why coaches don't do that. Why would you not use your third string quarterback or your second string quarterback? Because, and then once a year, well, because, you know, because they get more time to practice because the punter has more. Time I don't to care practice. about the practice. You, you get them up. Practice, otherwise, you won't be good at it. But if I, if, if I like, if I like one out Dude, every five Dave, times, like, like, my quarterback stood up and threw it, then you would, then that would be an actual I weapon. Mean, the Go ahead. Actually, the most qualified to do it. He's the one that's taking a shotgun snap, has to spin the laces and kick it away. So technically he is the guy that's most true. qualified. True, with, true. But I will tell you this. Um, was it my, yeah, my first year calling charger games. 
Um, I don't know if you remember this. It was either my first or second year, but they went through like six kickers mm-hmm. that year. It was insane. It was an absolute young way. Yeah. Coup, Nick Rose. He was actually crying on the sideline. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen a professional football player. Like not just like, you know, maybe Misty, but <laughs> crying because he had failed so miserably <laughs> in his audition. Um, Nick Novak was out there. Uh, it was in, it was, but anyway, all Nick of them. Novak didn't just cry. He also made water with his wiener on the field. That's right. And they had to shield him with a towel. Not that only was a, that was an all time. Um, every single one of them, like I would be, I probably shouldn't do this, but whatever. Like they were MFing Drew Kayser, like nobody's business, the punter who was the holder. They were like, that mother, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Now. He's the worst holder I've ever had in my life. And it's like, you don't think about it, but all these guys are shanking kicks. They're taking incoming. And every single one of them to a man said, that guy sucks. He is a freaking bad holder. Hmm. <laughs> so next Dave, question. You, Dave, you invited us Go here ahead. to talk about a, a, an NFL season preview. And we've started off by talk, by, by holders. exploring holders yes. and Eddie's dramatic Eddie's weight, weight gain. Sounds okay. I mean, listen, if it, yeah, I guess it's a little outmoded to talk about Eddie Spaghetti if he had been born in another era, not uh, just a generation prior. He could have been Casey Hampton, you know, he could have been he, or uh, or, uh, you know, who, who who knows what role he might have served. But that Vince Wilfork type, they just don't they, they get out of that uh, that uh, three man front too often mm-hmm. these days for you to really have to have a huge impact in 2021. All right, handsome. You want to weigh in here. I do think they're a fascinating team in the AFC mix here. We talk about the Patriots a lot. They're the ultimate X factor <laughs> in this conference this year. Cause if they rise back up, they become a fascinating storyline. Belichick versus Brady, Belichick's potential revenge or whatever, or, or return to relevance. But the other team that I wouldn't be stunned if they steal the AFC East is your Miami Dolphins. How say you, handsome Hank? Uh, I wouldn't. I would be stunned, but not because of the Patriots, because I think the Bills are too good to to well, yeah, lose the, the division. Bills are the prohibitive favorite. But but I think that the Dolphins should finish ahead of the Patriots in the division, and I think that because um, because I, I am also you know Eddie was saying earlier that um, he hasn't been more excited about his team than this year. I feel kind of the same way about the Dolphins. I. Uh, the big question mark remains, obviously, Tua, but I think even more than Tua, probably the offensive line and whether that, that, that O-line can... can oh, Henry! You and Tua! I don't want you to get your heart broken again! I remember! I remember with that Danny Marino with his permanent hairdo permanent. shattered your young heart. Dan didn't Back shatter my heart. I don't know if you're ready. She's protecting me. You know, she protected me after after John Beck, after the the one the one year fling with Chad Pennington. That was a good after, one. After the Cleo Lemon era uh, came to a a, a a quick end. Feely uh, was a Gus, good run. Feely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. He had a couple good ones. Gus Farratt, yeah, that was a good Farratt, one. Uh, Dante Farratt Culpepper. Was a good one. Culpepper, that broke my heart. That really did break my heart. Yeah. Um, but I, I, Yeah, that know. was too bad. Well, you could have had Breeze. But, yeah. I mean, to the here and now, it would actually be in sort of this broader Patriots dynasty narrative. If Belichick jumps past yet another one of his acolytes in Brian Flores and finishes ahead of him, um, 
That would be that would be something, and, it, it and really I think would. it counts as a failure for the Dolphins, right? At this point, this is the way NFL teams flow now. This is year three. This is when they should be starting to get close to playoff relevant, or they should be in the playoffs at this uh, yeah, point, think, or it kind of counts as... I think Flores has built up enough credit over the last two years, given what he did with... You remember how, just how disastrous everyone thought the 2019 season would be for the Dolphins. So I think, I think he's built up credit, but yeah, I do think that, you know, year three is when you'd expect to see them, especially in, with an expanded playoff field. You'd expect to see the Dolphins um, at least challenging for a wild card berth, and and um, and that's what I that's what I expect them to be able to do. But like I was saying, I think the off, I think I'm really confident in Tua. Honestly, I think Tua can do. You know, last year he was clearly there were some interesting comments last week by Changeli um, that kind of underscored the fact that Changeli had not was not expecting Tua to play much of a role last year. And he had built that offense around his guy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And so when Tua came in, it was running Fitzpatrick's offense. This year, clearly Tua is the centerpiece, but he can't be much of a centerpiece if the offensive line is disastrous and it's shaping up like it might be. 2020 hindsight, but maybe Chan Gailey should have checked in with the head coach. Yeah, that would have been what his plans were with Tua. Like, exactly. I, I, how would I? How was I to know? How was that I to Tua know that, that first round pick guy that you had, you wanted him on the field? Yeah, I, I, if only uh, Coach Flores would have let me know, things could have played out a little bit differently. That's a little bit weird. And I think uh, there was, uh, uh, by the way, just speaking about Tua. Ryan Fitzpatrick's offense, you know, there, there was some uh, scuttlebutt that. Ryan Fitzpatrick was just running his own offense that, that uh, he was not all that enamored with what Chan Gailey was calling. And that he truly like, he was just to some degree playing Sandlot football and just telling guys where to go and what to do. And that's why he, honestly, he ended up being pretty successful because obviously he's a bright guy. He's got a ton of experience, had some talent on that offense. Uh, and truly that there were some rumors that that's kind of what was going on. And as soon as Tua was getting put in there, he was going to get stuck into this super restrictive Chan Gailey offense that, and it was going to make him look bad because Fitzpatrick wasn't really running it. Uh, he was just kind of letting it fly. Makes sense. I, I one of among my most curmudgeonly sports takes is I think it's cute that Fitzmagic is enjoying this now. this prolonged window of like, it's crazy that he has a fuzzy beard and he opens his shirt up and is zany. But this is, this puts a cat, this puts a ceiling on how far Washington goes this year. Right? Like I, I, by the way, again, I I think it's cute. What Fitz magic does. I don't think it's a great idea though, to make him your starting QB and expect over a 17 game schedule that he's going to turn you into a playoff team. Fair or no. Um, Tough to say, you know, I mean, there's good there. I really believe like of all the guys that were available, you know, based on where they were picking in the draft, if they didn't think they could get a quarterback and maybe didn't have the equity to trade up or um, whatever it may be. Like, I think he's pretty good. Like, I think he is a pretty good option out of those that were signed, you know, out of the Andy Dalton's that, 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 you know, the Teddy Bridgewater trading for him. I think I probably like Fitzpatrick the most uh, out of that group. Um, They have a good running game. Again, they, like the Dolphins, have, I think, a ton of offensive line questions they got to figure out. But um, I don't know. I, I think I, I, I probably differ from you. I, I do think he's good enough for them to, with that defense and that defensive line. With that defense, exactly. Yeah, I, I think he's yeah. good enough to win the division. I, I think, yeah, I think I, they're okay there. 
I think the really interesting thing is the NFC East, which forever has been a division that we've been told we have to focus on because it has these teams that are on TV all the time. This might be the most interesting year for the NFC East in a long time because I have no idea. Like all of those teams are so average that I have no idea who's going to come out of there and 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 actually you know compete and and win the division. And so for that reason alone, I don't want to see it very much. But I'm also intrigued to see what happens with the division. Yeah, but you know, I mean, you have arguably. You have arguably the best defensive line. And I, I don't even think it is arguably. You have the best defensive line in the league. And we know what kind yeah. of havoc yeah. that can wreak, right? So you have that in Washington. I think if they're all healthy, like if Dak is healthy um, and, and Tyron Smith can stay healthy, you have probably a team that's in the conversation as the best offense in the league. Yep. You know, so it makes and it I think I think the Cowboys defense will turn around because it has, you know, the right coaching and, and there was clearly some – some real issues last year with with how that team was being coached and who they were deciding to play. Um, so, I, I, yeah, the Cowboys, again, could be interesting. Yeah. Maybe I'm being science. In an ongoing thing that you've heard me say it a million times, fellas, but yes, some guys, I don't know why, are better off as coordinators than they are head coaches. And I maybe that's true of Dan Quinn. He'll do well enough to make that defense okay. They have enough pieces there. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up. Right. So their secondary ain't great, but they have enough in the front seven in that division that, to Handsome's point um, that, they, that they should do. But we haven't talked about the Spaghetti's Gents. We've, had, we've heard a lot about the Gents, though. Uh, money, I'm curious... What goes on? Obviously, you're uh, you're in touch with everybody in that Chargers building. Did you hear any audible sighs of relief, or did you know pretty much all summer that Aaron Rodgers was not realistic for uh, yeah. to, to land in I mean, Denver? Because I didn't know but- that that would have been the craziest quarterback division yeah. in the history of quarterback divisions if you wound up with Rodgers joining Herbert and Mahomes and Derek Carr's uh, not a bad not bad if you have him as your your fourth best in a QB division. Um, I I didn't know anything. Um, I had I had to some well, I shouldn't say that. I mean I knew he wasn't getting traded. I, I should say that. Like I I felt pretty strongly that he was not going anywhere. So. I guess I kind of knew that that wasn't going to get put together. Um, heck, we talked about it on here. You know, I, th- I feel like we did maybe that. Um, but yeah, it would have been in- insane. That defense is ridiculous. You know, I saw you were you were tweeting a little bit earlier today uh, about Justin Fields and stuff. And obviously, I, you know, I know you know this. It's one preseason game is not a career. That's a- I don't give a good. But you also know I don't give a good goddamn what happens in the preseason. Exactly. I'm basing it off of him being Ohio no, State's quarterback and him lighting up Clemson. But what I'm saying is, and there have been plenty of quarterbacks that have done that, and that is their ceiling. They're great college quarterbacks that light up really good teams, and after that, they don't experience the same level of success. But I'll, I'll say I think Justin Fields is going to be great. I'm fine saying that. I just don't think we've seen anything to tell us that just yet. Um, but I, I think in, in this particular era of the NFL, cornerbacks are so important. And, you know, you saw what, what the Jags got for Jalen Ramsey. You see what guys are getting paid to play corn, you know, Xavier Howard and, you know, what they gave Jones and how that made a mess down there because like corners are worth a lot. So if you're great on fields and there were enough people out there that did not have super high grades on him, that did have concerns about certain parts of his game. And you feel like, Hey, this corner 
this is a top five talent in the draft. And our no fly zone is what won us that Super Bowl, not Peyton Manning in that offense, but that secondary. And if we can build Simmons and Jackson and Sertant and recreate that, we know we can win. You know, we can still win playing football that way. So I, what I'm saying is I'm absolving the Broncos. If Sertan's grade was that much higher, which I think it probably was, like considerably higher than Fields. You know, if it were here, then okay, take the quarterback. But I'm guessing it was more like this, which is why they ended up going with Sertan there. Boy, well, I, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. we could argue that, but it, it, it's what's pretty clear in the 21st century is you can you can make a special run for one season, but you don't. Uh, you're not on the edge of the playoff conversation every year unless you have one of those QBs. Right. Unless you have one of those Agreed. top 10 guys, you, you you can't do it. And in a division that has Mahomes and now Herbert and that offense, it feels to me like the Broncos are just waving the white flag on the here and now. Maybe playing for down the road, but they don't think Drew Locke is going to uh, win a division against those teams. You know, it's why they traded for him, thinking, okay, can right. we get a game manager, minimize mistakes, don't turn the ball over, win games 21-17, 17-14. Uh, our defense is that good. It's it's very well, very possible and likely that it's the best defense in the league if it stays healthy. Do you agree with my logic? And I know you're the voice of the Chargers, so you're inclined to agree, <laughs> Money. But, do you, but do, you, do you think that Damashek is on to something? Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes is a victim of his own sort of standard and skill set that now I I don't know if Trey Lance, uh, if the Niners would have jumped up to get a a, a guy who like five years ago would have felt like, oh, this is a project that we don't know. He's going to have to sit for like four years before we can ever put him out on a field against live defenders. And same goes with Jordan Love in Green Bay. And the, you know, the, the, the figure that Justin Herbert cuts is not dissimilar from Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that um, Justin Herbert is a gigantic drop-off from Patrick Mahomes, but I do think that the Chargers' defense is potentially quite a bit better than the Chiefs' defense. Ergo, I say Chargers win the division this year. Let's update that. I know you've already heard me say it, but let's update it now as we get ever closer to kickoff. Do you buy that that's a possibility in uh, Staley's rookie season as head coach. Wait, let's start with Hank because clearly I'm biased. So, uh, so Hank, I, I, I think so. Guys. Yeah, I mean, but look, I've gone into. I'm. I, I think we've discussed before back because I I was in love with Philip Rivers um, in a in a very meaningful and emotional way throughout his career with the Chargers. Um, I've thought that every year, but the problem's always been that they, can the Chargers stay healthy? Is something disastrous going to happen to them that you can't foresee right now? Because you know, I, and, and again, I probably am biased too, but I've always looked at on paper, their roster is one and has been for a long time going back to when they had defenses with, with guys that are now long retired, that probably should mean they were winning the division. And then clearly they had all the offensive pieces with LT and Rivers and back to Breeze that should have been good enough, but it didn't happen. And so, yes, I agree with you 100%. This is a team that on paper is at least able to challenge the the chief for all the reasons you said the offense is maybe not quite at the same level, but I think the defense is significantly better, but every year the Chargers find a way to like, you know, the, the kicker money mentioned the kickers just now, the, the kicker going to be the thing that, that messes it up. Is it going to be injuries? Is it going to be whatever? There will be something. And I hope that's not the case this year, 
because if it doesn't happen and if they actually get everything working together, then yeah, I think they will win that division. Well, the other thing too is money. I think the defense, uh, you know, again, if healthy, the big asterisk on every NFL team, but um, if healthy could be the best Mm -hmm. in the NFL, statistically they won't be because they have to play Mahomes twice and they have to play the Raiders offense, which is high end a couple of times. So they probably won't, uh, you know, uh, when you look at uh, scoring defense at the end of the year, they probably won't be number one, but they still can dominate. And the other thing is too, we talk all the time, it's not a winning strategy. It's foolish when coaches or fans or whoever says you got to you, you, you got to limit Mahomes possessions. You just got to take the air out of the ball and, and not let him out on the field very much. That's just not going to work over 60 minutes. You have to yeah. keep up on some le- to some degree, but they now have a defense and they can, they have a QB that can put up a ton of points. I also think with the offensive line, though, and the runners behind Eckler, they could kind of grind you when when it suits them to, right? Don't you think they're kind of built to do that? A so little I think bit? there's, you know, to me, there's a couple of things that have to to go right. I mean, you know, injuries obviously, and I'm very, you know, I, I've asked Coach Staley this a couple of times, and his answers, along with some players that that you know I've had a, a chance to to catch up with, have said it as well. Um, it's a different approach. Like Balog, Brian Balaga, who's in his 10th year, had issues last year with injuries. You know, he we were talking about it and he made, you know, it was really cool to hear what he's like. You know, Coach Staley just came to me and said, hey, in 20, I think it was 2018 or 2019, one of those years, you played all 16 games. Do you think anything was different? Like, did you did, did they do something different? Did you do something different? What? And Balaga was like, yeah, as a matter of fact, he's like, all right, well, give me that schedule because that's what you're going to do. And we're going to see if we can replicate that because every other season you've kind of been banged up here or there. So let's try to do exactly what you did that year. And, and Staley has said, you know, his approach is guys aren't the same. You can't say, Hey, this is how we're going to prevent injuries. We're going to do training camp like this. And it's like, you have to get into every single guy and figure it out. And that's what he's done. And his staff has done in an effort to try to limit injuries to it's going to be that offensive line because the offensive line couldn't run block last year. So Slater was a freaking revelation in that. I know it's preseason and I know it's not the first team, but he was ragdolling guys. I mean, tossing 300 pound guys like they were 50 pounds, just chucking them five yards away from him on run plays, had no issues holding up in pass protection. If that guy's as good as is advertised and we've been hearing about in, in camp, and you just kind of fill in the rest of that offensive line with Corey Lindsley and, and on each side, these giant bodies in Filer and Abushi. You know, our friend Daniel Jeremiah has said this, that in talking to people around the league, you know, it's not about who your best offensive lineman is. It's who your worst offensive lineman is because defense will pick on them. They will find it. You know, when my daughter was playing lacrosse, they called it the Cheeto. Find the Cheeto and go get them. Uh, I don't feel like the Chargers have a Cheeto anymore. Last year they had four of them and it was a mess. Um, so that's a huge, that, that that's going to be huge as far as the offense goes. Defensively, Derwin James, the best, look, he can, he can be the best player in the NFL. Much like Aaron Donald is the best player in the NFL, Derwin James can be the best player, not defensive player, player he's that good just watch the videos of him at six foot two 220 pounds shadowing keenan allen watch him wrecking off at tight ends coming off the edge when he's rushing the passer so that's to me those are the two things derwin stays healthy excels in this scheme along with like jalen ramsey did last year for the rams and that old line holds up i think anything's possible 
Uh, well, uh, you're preaching to the choir on Derwin James, but in general, that defense, if Bosa could catch a break yeah. health-wise as well and uh, and get all 17 games in there. By the way, that's going to be a weird one, uh, trying to account for that extra game. I, I, I don't know. I wonder how many years, how many seasons it'll take for me to get used to 17 games. Nine and eight, 10 and seven. It just doesn't, it, I'm not ready and for And you it. haven't got that I many years cool left. I am the single either, digits. So. <laughs> no, I know. More than spaghetti, yeah. but yeah. fewer than exactly. you. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, next question, where do you come down? And I'll start with you on this one, money. Cause you've talked about this before now. Cause, cause you know, you're Hollywood. You know me. Yeah. You know, Mr. Mr. C-list. Athlist. Do you, do you join, uh, your fellow Hollywood elites in, uh, not washing yourself every day? Oh boy. So this is very, this I know is the very troubling. This, well, this is troubling for, for anybody. Me. Because this is something that, that I have subscribed to for a long while. Um, and now that mm-hmm. Hollywood has taken hold of it, I almost want to abandon it. Um, but mm-hmm. I have long since discovered that, my, and remember, my daily routine is I wake up at 5 in the morning, I walk the dog, I'm home from walking the dog at 5.30, I'm in the ocean by 5.50, I surf till about 7.30, and when I get out of the ocean, I hose off with water, right? I get all the salt water off of me. And then I don't feel like I need to take a shower, like the, the ocean and the natural salt that has been, uh, you know, absorbed by my body truly makes me feel really good. Like my skin has never been better. My hair is no longer, I don't have dry scalp anymore. So like I have, uh, I have been on a routine where I rarely, rarely, uh, I shouldn't say rarely, it is sporadic, my use of soap and shampoo. Uh, it is. It is. I want you to start talking. I want you to start counseling and advising the Chargers to do this <laughs> because you know that this lines up beautifully with a, with a longstanding strategy that no one that I'm aware of has taken me up on, and it's right there. for Tell Eckler to do this. Don't shower all week. Stink. Then no one will want to tackle you. Maybe they'll tackle you once, but they ain't going mean, to make that mistake a second sure. time. People always say like, oh, it gets hard to tackle a big back by the fourth quarter. Yeah, what if he stinks in the first quarter? You're on the bus, you're in the huddle. Like, I mean, it's going to affect your team more than it is your opponents. You you care about winning? You know, the opponent's only in contact with you. Like, if it's basketball, I believe this is where your theory came into play, Dave. Basketball makes sense. Mm. Like, I can understand that approach. Like, especially if you're a big guy on the low post and you got to have your buddies, your bodies rubbing up against each other and your arms are up for the inbound, you know, to, to accept right. the, uh, the post pass. That makes sense. Football, I believe, far too little contact with the opponent, considerably think, more with think- your own team. I think a defensive end, a defensive tackle, those they could bet, you know, you're going to see the same player over and over again through the game. That's when you can flash, you know, expose yeah. some BO to them. And, exactly. and, and, but I think a running back, it, yeah. it's not going to help. And I mean, is BO really that bad, Shaq, when you know these guys are peeing their pants? Like these guys pee yeah. their pants when they're or playing poop. football. Or poop. Mm-hmm. Or poop. Or poop. I mean, yeah, whatever. They do, they do it all. Like it doesn't really matter. Well, I don't know. I do. I I'd mean, rather not on, on this side of the Atlantic, the BO, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I right that right? that would be that would be a major sacrifice to make in the Super Bowl because you'd be remembered and people would notice it. People would notice like, 
I believe Keenan Allen has yes. has pooped himself. He's he's taken it one step further than Doug Baldwin did when he right. fake pooped the football in Super Bowl Forty Nine. Keenan Allen has actually just, uh, dispensed with with the football, and Wait, he's actually who would, how would you know? I don't. I, I think I think players. I think. They wear white pants. Well, yeah, well, but if they wore I mean, white they, pants, they wouldn't poop themselves, right? They wouldn't is, poop themselves. Is, but if you're would, in, you wear your, you wear your blue pants, then you can the, poop yeah. away. If I, I, in defense of Keenan Allen, what are you eating? Blue <laughs> pants are going to cover it up. In defense of Keenan Allen, I'd like to say, if I were Keenan Allen right now, I would say, how about Keenan Allen didn't poop his pants? How about, how about it's not me? Well, how listen, about it's not I don't, instead of Keenan Allen. Okay. <laughs> Mike Williams, this is a Again, big year about, for you uh, contractually. I don't want my just... name put on this. Okay. I, I'd say it's a matter of how bad you want to win. Handsome, now your people don't, your people don't bathe. Typically not. So no, uh, that's, is that, that mean, no, so, so London, that wouldn't be as offensive over there. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, bathing, bathing <laughs> is, is, has become, it's caught on a lot in the UK, I think um, more recently, but it, it wasn't always the case. I think you know, people might have an, an outdoor bath once, a, once a week or once a month. Henry, don't waste water. There's only so much of it after all. Exactly. Um, how has uh, your fruit been treating you Ooh. this year? How's it been treating uh, everybody there? At I the mean, Hodge stone show? fruits again this year seem to be seem to be doing great. And uh, you know, you really turned me onto the white peach. Um, you know, way back when our relationship yeah, first good. began. But I've what I've discovered is mm-hmm. actually you know white peaches are good. But I, I'm I'm you know I, I'll bring it all kinds of peaches into the home. Um, and they've all been excellent this year. 2021, it's the year of the yeah, yellow, yellow that's peach. What I'm saying. The like peach yellow family. peach has really stunned me this year um, with how tasty those mm-hmm. can be. Um, what else? I mean, you know, blue... Bu- I've been eating a ton of watermelon. I, yeah, I always a have a watermelon, watermelon lying around. Actually, you know what? I went, when I was in the UK, I also went to Spain um, and had some just non-watermelon, but just melon, which was absolutely incredible. I think they're Spanish. I think they call themselves Galia melons. And I think they're from Spain mm. originally and fantastic. Great, great melon out there. Um, yeah. Uh, handsome. While you're speaking to a, uh, I wouldn't say uh, entirely American audience. We have listeners all over the big blue marble who enjoy their pro football. But uh, what are the, uh, what what's uh, the juiciest London matchup coming up for uh, for our eyeballs? I mean, it's it's season. Dolphins Jags. It's got to be right. There's two games. There's Jets Jets Falcons in London, and in, in I don't know what the I think the tenth of October. I think that's about week five, and then the following week, um, the Dolphins and the Jags go head to head. Tua and uh, and and Trevor um, meet again. But too much too much aqua. Well, in that yeah, game, but I mean, isn't there? That, don't, isn't that a problem for like, if you're a newbie to the sport, I think I would get tripped up. Like it, it might be a little bit of an eyesore to it's possible. To UK it's possible. It's newcomers. a good point. But I, I think people will get past that because, um, you know, the, the, it's two very attractive teams. I would it'd be lovely if the dolphins were wearing their throwbacks there, wouldn't it? That would be exciting um, to, to give um, British mm-hmm. fans a, a glimpse of that. Um, but that should be an exciting game, and I know that um, you know people people in the UK are excited about about getting football back there because they obviously weren't able to to get to games uh, last year. There were none none there. Has it occurred to you, handsome, that um, Ted Lasso, the breakout hit, which I was going to ask you what your favorite show is, 
um, this summertime, and I was even going to remove Ted Lasso because people have genuflected uh, just which, a bit too much, scooch too much. It's, although it's, I enjoy it's it. fine, I love it. It's, it's really but, good. Yeah, for me, I don't find it. I mean, I'm not in soccer, so I'm not that interested. And it's quite funny, but people seem to have given it this like, oh, it's amazing. I'm like, I don't, it's kind of wallpapery a little bit. I like to look at it. I'm not, I like to look at it, but I'm not like, I don't find myself like doubled over with laughter um, throughout it. But do you see yourself in exact relief no, of Ted? I'm not an NFL coach. Are you, are you, is this, is this some big metaphysical trade finally being completed that handsome hank was was sent stateside a decade ago and now we sent back ted Le- Ted. i Lasso. mean possibly but i but i'm not an nfl coach same it's thing. not quite the same thing uh you know not a mirror exactly but but you know um i'd be be fun if i had like a, a british sidekick like the the guy with the beard coach whatever his name is um I, you know what? I kind of stumbled into this, but I think this is exactly right. You are the, you are the English Ted Lasso, right? Eddie Spaghetti. That's pretty good. And and his psychic is actually named Coach Beard. Oh, the guy Beard. with the beard is called Coach Beard. I'm a, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big fan of the show. I actually bought well, one of the jerseys. You, you here? I can do a, a yeah, maybe it could be English you. Accent. Well, let's see if no one. Yeah, let's know. see if we I can get a, that. I mean, that be, if Apple wants to to pay for it, then let's let's do it. Um, we're waiting for uh, for a call for uh, WFAN. Eddie Spaghetti will be our radio host today. One more question for you, though, uh, handsome. It occurred to me, I like I because I you and I we've we've taken our uh, our football our our tour of restaurants around football America um, all over, and on occasion when you weren't available to join me for a dinner when we were out in Draft Town or Super Bowl Town or wherever else. I, I I had no compunction about mm-hmm. eating. I love to eat alone. How about? Where, oh, where I like it. I really it? enjoy it. I don't mind eating I enjoy alone. it. It's a nice thing to do. I, I often, when I'm traveling the globe um, as part of my job, I will be like, okay, I'm going to go eat by myself. And I find it to be an enjoyable experience. And also, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm ordering less. It might mean that I'm ordering more without the guilt of people being like, are you sure you should be ordering like duck and burgers and lobster or whatever? Maybe not those three things. Well, I, you and I agree completely on this, but I did, I, it did occur to me the other day what the one, uh, one, one place I wouldn't go in eating alone, Benihana. Would you ever? (laughs) You would make friends. I think Benihana, you would make friends with people, um, (laughs) there as well. Sitting there. I actually think that would be a good punishment for for the loser of a bet. You have to go to Benihana and watch the show, and you can't talk to anybody (laughs) else at your table. You just have to sit there as a grown man all alone, applauding applauding as the guy in the tall hat flips shrimps in the... (laughs) Oh, wait a second. Uh, We interrupt uh, this podcast. Uh, Let's uh, cut in live to what's going on over there at WFAN, the fan in New York City, talking Yankees, Jints, Giants, and beyond. Eddie Spaghetti's your host. Take it away. We're back to the Eddie Spaghetti Hour here on WFAN. Uh, they only gave talking. you an hour? We're, yeah, just an hour. Well, like we're, training wheels? They, 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 they don't trust you? Well, they, they don't give you like a four-hour window? Hour, Francis Eddie, is Eddie, back. Eddie will be passed out. There's too, there's too much effort on his heart and lungs. <laughs> Gets winded. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Frances is back and he's doing a, he's doing a seven hour show. So there's not a lot of time for the right. host. Okay. But, 
Um, yeah, we're, we're talking <laughs> Yanks, Sox. We're talking uh, Mets shutting down Degrom. We're talking Giants, Jets preseason. Uh, let's check the caller boards. Uh, looks like uh, we got AJ Foy driving his race car. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, AJ. What's up? Can you hear me, you bum? <laughs> tell you Why something. Above, AJ? What's Let me heart? tell you something. I'm tired of your Danny Dimes dish. This guy is trash telling me this. We could have had Herbert. We could have had we could have had Donald. He would have been better. This guy's trash. I'm tired of you singing his praises because you took a damn photo with him and put it on your wallpaper. AJ, let me ask you something here. You don't you don't blame the bad offensive line, the second worst offensive line in football last year. You don't blame a COVID virtual offseason. You don't blame a, a, a coaching switch. You don't blame a bad Jason Garrett play calling. You don't blame uh, number 26, Saquon Barkley, being injured. There's a lot of things working against my guy, Daniel Jones, here. He's going to have a really good rebound season. By the way, they signed a huge target, six foot four, Kenny Galladay. They're going to be back in business. So, uh, back in really business. Good- Back in business? In order to be back in business, you gotta be in business in the first place. And there's a lot to unpack there. All right. How many how many quarterbacks are still functional behind mediocre offensive lines? A whole bunch of them. Jones has been a problem. Stop trying to pin out all the guys up front. That guy, how about ball security? Somebody ought to, we ought to treat them like them kids in high school and they got to take the egg around everywhere with them and they ain't got to break it. Uh, my offensive line, my tookus. <laughs> <laughs> Dolphins line is going to get a lot better. Andrew Thomas was much better in the second half of last season. Nate Solar's coming back from sitting the last year out due to COVID. Uh, you know, Nick Gates was a nice surprise at center. They're going to be a lot better. You know, your Chargers offensive line wasn't that great last year. They made some improvenance. Giants did too, by the what way. What are you talking about? But my Charger line, you kidding me? I'm from freaking Long Island. I bust my tail in a financial district running around clerking for 10 years a Work my way up the ladder and it's private equity and you're telling me my chargers? Don't be surprised how much Saquon Barkley helps out. He's the guy to come up and help, especially in shotgun. He'll pick up the blitzers. It's going to be a fine year of Daniel Jones. I can see the Giants winning the division. Uh, hour with Eddie. I admire your optimism and your dedication. But again, young man, your pleas are falling flat on this big blue supporter out here. <laughs> there he goes. AJ from Long Island. Oh, where they got their signals crowd with it. This guy's a Chargers fan. I mean, you hear he's New York through and through. Can you believe we'll that? let AJ go. We'll let AJ go. And uh, But speaking of the Chargers, make sure you're checking out Matt Money Smith all season long with the great Daniel Jeremiah. As good a, uh, a radio play-by-play as you'll hear there. And, of course, uh, the greatest uh, radio show in all the land. Petros and Money, check it out. iHeartRadio, the great Matt Money Smith, everybody. Let's catch up sooner Ooh. rather than later. And the next time we do, it's an intervention yeah. for our friend Eddie Smith. You ain't kidding. I mean, it's gone too far already. Uh, you gone ain't too kidding. far. Yeah. All right, guys. We, we made one See of you, us. Money. There he goes. Take care, Matt Money Smith. No, and no, I'm going to let you go too. You, I think Dave. we've said I, I, it all. Because this is the time of year oh, okay. when, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm shocked and, and, and awed um, by the fact that we've got through 55 minutes without talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
but this is the time of year where I rely on mm-hmm. you to tell us what the Steelers record is going to be. And, and, you know, I, I want to give you the opportunity to have that outlet of what's their record going to be and, and what, what to expect from, um, from, from the black and gold this year. Well, all I can tell you in the here and now, handsome, you know my rule. I I don't give the Steelers' final record until the eve of the season. I've heard I have you to do have it. All I've heard you do it around exactly now, this time on uh, multiple years. But okay, give me, give me. No, you have not. No, you have not. I I, I don't know. I don't know who might get hurt. Imagine now that no one gets the, the last everything, preseason everything game. Everything goes right from here. What are you thinking? Like, are we, are we okay? Are they a play? Are they a play? Okay, put team? it in pencil. Put it in pencil, 10 and 7, but it could be modified between now and kickoff of the regular where season. Where does 10 and 7, where does, okay, before you get to the playoff team, where does 10 and 7 finish in the AFC North with the Ravens and Browns? 100% that is, that is ahead of the Baltimore Ravens. Bet the Steelers to go over 8.5. Bet the Ravens to go under 11 and a, a lot of it has to do not a lot of it but at least a little bit of it has to do with Lamar Jackson not getting the shot what are you doing get the shot you're not allowed to play for you're not allowed to go out on the the field for 10 days if you're in close contact with someone who's got the 19 what are you doing man you got yeah. you're the franchise you go down Trace McSorley ain't going in and winning games in the NFL so I I, I have my and beyond that. I've if he gets the shot between the now and, and and September, whatever ninth, then then does that change things? No, I still think I I still think that they have enough issues. And I, the the thing with the Steelers that I have said uh, over and over again, there are things that are known, and there are things that are completely uh, uh, that we can say that's definitely good, that's definitely bad. The idea that we have to decree before we have any evidence in either direction that w- something is good or bad is is where I have to tune out. Yes, we are in the speculation business, but none of us knows what individual offensive linemen are like, let alone what all five money's point about who's the weak link and all that. Nobody knows. I don't know what the Steelers offensive lines are going to look like, and neither does anybody else. If it's halfway decent, then yes, they will definitely be a surprise to pro football. They have some of the best pieces by position in all of pro football on defense. They have a dynamite gaggle of diversified pass catchers for their Hall of Fame quarterback to to target. They have clearly, I think the the ongoing, oh, you can never use a first round pick on a running back oh, yeah. is inaccurate. Forget about that. Um, I, I think he's I think he's close. I think, in fact, your Dolphins should have gotten Najee Harris because that's my biggest Big. question, not the offensive line, but I don't I don't like that. You, you don't have to have a, a dynamite runner, I guess. But boy, I'm uh, uninspired by what the Dolphins are going with at running back. But anyway, yes, I think that the Browns, this is their year. Nothing can stop them. And that's that. And we all have to accept that the Steelers will finish no worse than second place in the AFC North, which for all the cynics out there, they won last year. I don't get the I, I, I don't get the the outside cynicism. Yes, it was an embarrassment to lose to the Browns. So that's that. Um, but handsome Eddie Spaghetti. Any any final thoughts for our friend handsome Hank there before you let him go? My question to Hank was: There's the news that about Jimmy Johnson admitting that the Dolphins are ready to trade their entire draft to move up to take. 
Peyton Manning. Like, I know 2020 hindsight and, you know, how much he's fibbing that, but that would irk me as a fan. Have you heard anything about that? I, I read about it a couple of days ago as well. I'm, I, I mean, I'm bummed that the Dolphins, you know, went from Marino to essentially, you know, we're on to 15 quarterbacks later and maybe Tua um, is the one. But wouldn't it have been, imagine that, that's, that's you know, com- comparable with what the Packers have been able to do and others um, to, to just – you know, continue the, the dynasty of, of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And you got to think, too, with Brady in that division, that would have probably changed the course. Imagine of the that. Industry. That would have been something Imagine else. that. Oh, man. It's the same thing as the conversation. I mean, but even better probably than, than Drew Brees would have been. But, yes, how different would NFL history look had Drew Brees been exactly. for the Dolphins during the, the prime of Brady and Belichick up in uh, Foxborough. Um, all right, great Hanson. to see you guys. A, a, a gay time great as to ever. See you. Um, Eddie, what a it's pleasure wonderful to see you. Um, you know, and I, I wish you all the best. Um, you know, as you try to to remove the forty pounds that you gained, um, and if there's anything I can do to help, I'd love to. Should we do like For a sure. GoFundMe so that like we could he could like you know go visit uh, Doctor Pimple Popper? She does a lot of amazing things with like draining of right exactly something that like that, or we could that. just carve pieces off Eddie for, for Thanksgiving. You know, you like maybe feed feed the hungry people around. Well, I guess the whole world, um, and just just slice pieces of Eddie off. It's nice to know. We've already come up with that after your passing. We have a lot of. Oh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that's how we help lose some of the weight because we just we just. Oh, I see. Oh, so he yeah. gets to stick around because I I also like Danny Dimes. I like that as well. Into the air, um, right before the Super Bowl kicks off too. It's all. It's good. all good news. That no matter what, it's all. It all ends nicely for you, Eddie Spaghetti, with you as a hero to New York City for all of time. Um, a, a hero to uh, to anyone who loves the great game of pro football. Handsome Hank Hodgson, um, and uh, and always a hero to uh, to longtime listeners of all of our podcasting work. Let's keep it sooner cool. rather than cool. later, and let's get together uh, sooner rather than right. later. As Take well. care, guys. See you soon. There he goes, handsome Hank Hodgson with his strawberries and otherwise. Oh, I forgot to mention to him, I have a new number one potato chip. He loves to talk crisps usually, but I'll I'll hold that for our next conversation. Why don't we get out of here for now, Eddie Spaghetti, because we're only 48 hours away from Kevin Hench joining us for his weekly appearance, always gangbuster stuff. When he joins us in the meantime, make sure you're betting all the action there. FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three in the uh, short term. Make sure you're getting in on Eddie Spaghetti's home run pick. As you know, he's never wrong or very rarely wrong. So make sure you're betting that one. And uh, until Thursday, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.